All right, ladies and gentlemen, college basketball fans of all kinds, welcome to another episode of Mad About Hoops. We are your favorite college basketball fans. I'm Timmy Hall, and that's Evil Bald Colin. NCAA Tournament Superlatives, one of the things we're going to be bringing to you today. Also a wild, wacky, but cool format for one of the smaller conferences regular seasons that's out there right now. Colin, it's good to see you, man. We're coming to you guys on Friday, February 28th. Big Dayton Flyers game as they try to wrap up the A-10 this evening. Yeah, Timmy, it's a big, big night, but it's also, we're recording this on the Friday. I believe Monday we get our first round of conference tournaments because you got the Atlantic Sun, the Big South, the Horizon, and the Patriot League at least starting play on Tuesday. On Tuesday of next week. Yes. Oh my God. The excitement. Can you feel it? It's in the air. It's a leap year. So there's one more day of February tomorrow on the 29th. And then it's madness, baby. John Rothstein's favorite month. John Rothstein's favorite month. Why does he just get to have it as his favorite month? Because on, at midnight on March 1st, he goes absolutely ballistic. It's going to be funny. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. We are here. Do not go anywhere. We get it rolling right now. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner. Left side of the backboard. Turner crossed the timeline. Throws it from high on the right. He hit it. He hit it. He hit it. He hit it just inside of half court. On the other wing, he finds. Oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome. Oh! <laughs> College basketball. This is March Madness. Yes, it is. It really almost is. Like we said, February twenty eighth. We are just we're beelining. I wish we, not John B. lining. Boy, <laughs> imagine if that guy was still in college basketball. Give it a year. He'll be back. He'll be back somewhere. Poor guy with the Cavaliers. But anyway, we get back to the action. College hoops. I, I just, I'm, I'm so giddy. I'm giddy pots right now, as you just brought him up. That's what I am. Middle Tennessee guy, right? I do remember him now that you reminded starts me of It starts to him. kick in a little bit. It starts to kick in, yeah. I mean... Everybody loves a good mid-major player, right? One of those guys, you know, go way back, Wally Zerbiak, you know, Harold the Show, Arsenault, Weber State, when they knock off North Carolina, Bryce Drew, Valparaiso. Maybe to just get the ball rolling on NCAA superlatives, maybe one of the one of the coolest things about this tournament is some of those names that you will just latch on to and remember for the rest of your sports days. Otherwise, you would have never heard of them. But the tournament can give you special moments like that where you will remember a guy like Bryce Drew for 20 years after he hits the shot against Ole Miss. What execution on that play, too, by the way. That's one of the best. Yeah, I think especially I, I my mind went directly to last year, and I think if you're more of a – you're more in the know, or you're more of a diehard fan like we are. I think the name Fletcher McGee is going to be one of those that comes up. Fletcher for you. McGee, very good. Storm Murphy, you know, you know that that Waffer team how, was so fun to watch. How long could we go shot for shot just on dudes for mid-major teams? 
that we would that either one of us would go, oh yeah, like you just you did it to me before the podcast with Giddy Potts. I would uh, you just did Fletcher McGee. That's fantastic. What if I throw a Thomas walk up at you? Uh, Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin. Yes, that was I a, believe so. That was another fun team to watch. He was good. Now did he? He was good. I know the one game he played, but did he also play in that game where they were down like four points to VCU? They hit the three pointer and got the and one, and then eventually went to overtime. Because that was one of the upsets they also had. They did they go to the Sweet Sixteen or did they just win one game? I thought they went Sweet Sixteen. Is that top of my head? What happened to the head coach that was there? He's in the Big Ten. That's right. Brad that's, Underwood. That's Brad Underwood. Yes. Brad Underwood of the Fighting Illini. Yes, he did one year at Oklahoma State and then jumped right to the Illinois Fighting Illini. Evil, who's the other he's a, he who's the other name? He has a Muslim name. He was a Jayhawk killer. Yeah, Ali Farouk Manesh. Yep. Ali Farouk Manesh for Northern Iowa. That's a name. That's a name that's tough to forget. Yeah, it's one of those names in one of those games where you remember where you are when you watched it. Yeah, that's 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 one of mine as we're going to get to March Madness in two weeks time, two and a half weeks time when Selection Sunday hits right in the middle of the month, right after conference tournaments are done, which you mentioned small conference tournaments will get going next week. Those are my which favorite, is wild because you find like a weird stream. I think a lot of them are actually going to be on ESPN three and ESPN plus and whatnot. Just finding a little stream and you're watching like Campbell and Charleston Southern play each other. Another superlative that I'll throw at you, and then you can give us a couple, is going to be one of my Chris Holtman superlatives. When you are filling out your bracket, the thing that you want to do first, the most likely, the way I superlative this, the most likely to advance past the first round, believe it or not, will be Chris Holtman. Whatever team he's coaching. I did it and last year. The Ohio State Buckeyes are a team that is going to advance past the first round because they are starting to get stuff together. They've had bodies dropping like flies, and they've been getting better here late in the year. Chris Holtman, believe it or not, never lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I think a one you could go back and forth on, though, is one that I don't think people really realize because he's such a good player. But Marcus Howard's never won an NCAA tournament game. Really? Yes. Because they got just blown out by Murray State and John Morant last year. So they're looking at about maybe a 6, 7, or an 8 seed. In the way that thing, The way things yes. go. So would you say st- you're saying stay away? little bracket tip for you? I don't like teams that depend on one sole player to pick up at least half of their mm-hmm. points. But it's all going to depend on matchups. So I guess my Chris Holtman statement there would be like the biggest or best bracket tip I would give you. I hate when you start when you start off. Just I, put just put them through to the second round. Yeah, no, I, one of the things I hate is I hate depending on Maryland because they always just bite you in the end. They'll lose an early game. Um so would Purdue if they get in. Purdue's also good. Purdue one. will not make the final four. Another just, one I don't like of course they won't this year. Is three point shooting teams that depend way too much on a three. And I think Creighton's a team that's gonna fall under that this year. And I think people well, shoot, just, that's a little Ohio State, too. But well, they do have Caleb yes. Wesson and EJ Liddell is starting to become something. And Kyle Young should be healthy. I'm probably going to stay away from Creighton. Um, I don't like when mid-majors get very high seats because it tends to not work out very well for them. The other thing that I would probably say, and I hate to do it, but the Kansas Jayhawks. I hate that you're going to say that. I know. Because I know you hate it. They're by far the most. They're the best team. The biggest favorite. What does that mean, though? When, when has Kansas ever not been? We could go back, seriously, through Bill Self's days at Kansas. And I don't have this in front of me, but 
what do you think your what do you think your best guess would be how many one seeds he's had? Oh I'm saying goodness. at least eleven. I think it's up there. So it's basically every year. Just by the way they've ran the Big Twelve. Yeah. They're one of I the most so. consistent programs regular season in college basketball. I mean, the guy didn't the guy won the conference every single year until just last season. Doesn't it just feel like a year where I know Cal's team with Kentucky's been kind of a little bit under the radar right now. I think they're around a four, maybe a three. But if it's a 4-1 matchup with Kansas, can't you just see that being a game where it yeah. goes the wrong yeah. way for the Jayhawks? I, I certainly can. I live it. I breathe it. <laughs> I eat it. I sleep it every single year as a proud alum and a diehard fan of that basketball program. I I would say, I guess the way I would phrase them, the box I would put them in is premier team with the biggest and best chance to disappoint. That's how I'd put them. They scare me. Premier team with the best chance to disappoint. I would even side with Baylor or Gonzaga if I was backed up against the wall to put them in the final That's four. I wouldn't go so far point. as I wouldn't go so far as San Diego State, but it would probably be Baylor one, Zags two, Kansas three, San Diego State four if I was ranking the one seeds. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna switch my final four. I'm I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I'll also say that for a little NCAA tournament superlative. The final four that I set in the very first podcast here on Mad About Hoops is about as good-looking of a preseason Final Four as I could even dream up. I don't like Duke, though. Yeah, but they're still holding that a two-seed. They're seed. a two-seed, and I, I think— I'll keep them. I think it, keep it would be em. fine to keep them. I just feel very nervous about them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself it's this close. I'm looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Same. Duke's a two-seed. Florida State's a two-seed. Seton Hall, uh, great, right? I mean, I love— I love the the balance that that team has and you know having the big guy there Mamakulashvili who you love to say that name more mm-hmm. than anyone in college hoops and Miles Powell who I I had him on my fantasy tournament team last year which will will tell you about fantasy tournaments and what you should be playing more than just a bracket pool next week uh, there's some more stuff that you can do that's a lot more fun than just filling out a bracket do that still but Really go all in and play all the different games that are available to you. And the other fourth, the fourth one that I had, which is in a separate bracket, is the team that I just was just talking about is Kansas. Lenardi actually has all four of those in separate regions. It's got to work out that way, obviously, for me to sure. keep the final four that way. But that's what I'm looking at. I'll also give you this. I'll also give you this for one of my last superlatives is the most darling team in the tourney that's going to have the best run is the Dayton Flyers. See, because I have them as the most disappointing. Oh, my God. Boy, do we stray here. Boy, I, do we stray. I, Guys, ladies and gentlemen, listen to what this dude did yesterday here at work. He wore a GW <laughs> hat to work. This is a guy that's born and raised in Ohio. How many times have you even been to Washington, D.C.? I've been once. One time. And you're wearing a George Washington University hat, Colonials. Uh, God, what was the name of that? They had, I think, Yinka Dare might have been one of their great players. Oh way gosh, back, what a draw. Way back in the day. Yeah. They, they, had, they had a dude. Holy cow. But, yeah, you wore that hat. Tell them why. Well, honestly, I didn't even pay for it. One of my UD buddies, he's an alum. He bought it for me. It was pretty cheap, but because I love to troll them because they love to troll us in Ohio State and whatnot. It's a fun 
going back and forth. So your UD friend actually bought the hat he, he to did. give it to you like, to like, troll them. It was like $10. That might have been a power move on his part, telling he, you how he doesn't care about your petty trolling. He's also kind of in the camp. I think a lot of Dayton fans know the reality is that you know, when it comes to the A-10 tournament, they've been really disappointing over the years. So they've lost pretty early in the tournament. And I make a joke, he's like, you know, George Washington's like middle of the pack. I think they're like 8-9 and nine in the A-10. That's going to be a team that's just going to pick them off. So I just kind of pretended that I'm like the biggest George Washington fan right now. And sure enough, showed up on my doorstep and I wore it yesterday. Just a man child. That's just abs- that's absurd. I, I think they're... I, I think they're going to the Final Four. I but really see, do. see, like, I'm seeing the 7-2 matchup. If they're facing West Virginia in that, I am so nervous for them. I mean, I think they, aside from my Final Four picks, which at this point I'm not going to move off of, if I do not see one of my teams in the region that Dayton is in, I'm likely going to have them, when I look at the road that they're going to have, I'm likely going to see them in the Final Four. I They're just, they're good, man. I don't know what, I don't know what, they're also kind of playing, into you. They're playing sluggish right now. Yeah, it's going to kick into gear. It's going to kick into better gear. Better hope. I mean, I really, really want it for their fans, too, sure. because it's not every year. I mean, Dayton will go through years where they don't even get in the tournament, and they still show up. They still put up for Dayton basketball. They make UD Arena a great environment, a great place to go and watch a game. And so I just... You get this shot here where they're going to be one of their highest. I mean, have they ever been a two seed before in the no, NCAA it's tournament? Definitely the highest. No, yeah, it'll be the highest seed they've ever gotten in school history. I sure hope for them that they can follow through. They certainly have the horses. They've got the guys led by Ob Toppin, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast. So yeah, I I really hope it for them. I, I think there's matchups where it can play into their hands. We're all joining. It's going to depend on what the bracket looks like because I'm just looking at what Lunardi has right now, and he's not doing them any favors because I'm just looking at Florida State straw as a two seed, and his seven ten is Marquette East Tennessee State, and I'm taking Dayton clearly in that. But if they face a bigger team that can run it up and down the floor and be physical down in the post, I think that's where they're going to run into troubles. But if I didn't pick Dayton as my most disappointing team, who I think is going to be most disappointing, I think it's clearly going to be Louisville. Louisville as a top three seed, mm. I think, is going to be— You hate Louisville. I, I don't know if they can get to the second weekend because they're just so inconsistent. What's their seed line right now? Uh, they are currently a three. I don't know which region it was in, but he's, he's had them on the three line for most— the past couple of weeks. I think he might have dropped him to a four. He did. He dropped him to a four. And you know what? I think four. If they play Michigan State in that, I'm taking Michigan State. I think four is still being generous because if you look at this team, they're almost similar to one of those mid-major squads that has really a high win total and a low loss total. But the mid-majors... They only allow those guys to lose like three games max if they're not going to win their conference tournament. If they don't have any of those high RPI or high net ranking quadrant one wins, they make you maybe if you're 31 and two, 32 and two, and you lose in the championship game of your attorney, you might be one of the last teams in the field. But look at Louisville's wins. Like seriously, they they Nothing. got Michigan. They got Michigan and they got Duke, Duke on, the on the road. road. Yeah. Now, that's a team that's in. I'm not sitting here saying that Louisville's not in. But I'm saying that they might. That almost feels like that's closer to an eight seed kind of resume Yeah, they, than a three, four seed. Am I not wrong no, there? I, I completely agree with you. They got embarrassed, thoroughly embarrassed yeah. by Florida State. Just 82-67. <laughs> 
And it should have been worse. 267. It should have been worse. And people were coming out of that game saying, wow, like look out for this is Leonard Hamilton at his absolute best, getting a team ready for tournament time where they can go through, you can go through stretches when you're playing the Knolls where you just cannot score. Like you, you may as well just build a little Fortnite platform on top of the rim because nothing is getting through there and you cannot shoot through that thing. Real it's quick, not going to happen. Speaking on Florida State, I think that's a clear Final Four contender. I, I think they're just deep in an aspect where Leonard oh, Hamilton for sure. has yeah. them humming right now. And they don't even need a guy that can score 20, 25 no. points a game. But they've I got a balanced attack there. Louisville needs Jordan Nora to be that. But in the games they've lost recently versus Clemson, Georgia Tech, Florida State, he's been non-existent. He sits on a perimeter and doesn't want to be in the action and then plays limited defense. All right, you good with that? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm good with that. Good with that. What There's is like what NCAA is like a, tournament superlatives? Real quick, but what is like a I don't know if it's a power conference mid tier team like a maybe a ten seed or maybe a a very underrated mid major that's I li- sitting around I like the our, ten or eleven. Oh wait, all right, power conference or mid major? You can go either way. What are you talking about here? Well, you could the, a mid a maybe outside the top twenty five power conference team. Sure, let's is go that with what that. you're? Let's th- go with that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, I like Illinois. I do. I like Illinois with Dasunmu and with Kofi Coburn. I like that inside. I see them picking I like that Baylor. inside outside mm-hmm. punch there. Illinois has gotten gotten some big wins. They've been in the top twenty five most of the year. I believe they've dropped out here as of late, if I'm not wrong. EBC. So they're they're one for me. Who you got? I am just looking at Lunardi's bracket and basically going to the West. If Wisconsin plays Gonzaga, I like that matchup a lot. I think they can play in the post, they can take out Petrusive, and then they have the guards that can match up pretty well against a team in Gonzaga who, they have decent guards, but nothing that's going to blow you away. I think Demetri Trice and that crew can take care of them. I think we might both agree on a mid-major team now that is in the top 20, and I think is creeping up on every college basketball fan outside the state of Utah or in the city of Provo. They won't be playing in the Friday-Sunday pods because they can't play on Sunday. BYU. BYU with Hawes and what's the big guy's name? Yoli Childs. Childs, who Jay Billis was having a fit about, as he should, <laughs> when he was suspended for the early portion of the season. These guys, they're problematic. Yeah, I don't like if if the Lunardi bracket's true. I don't like the matchup with Creighton, but this is a team that has second week in potential 100%. Just the way they're, they're a fully... I don't know if you watched the Gonzaga team, but it's it just feels like a complete team when you watch them play. Like there's really yeah. they're not overly great at certain a certain spot, but they're just good enough and they're consistent enough in every aspect of the game. All right. We'll take a very short breather. An evil bald Colin is gonna tell you about something that I think we could get on board for this for almost every mid major conference. Certainly all of the teeny tiny small conferences and maybe even some of the the bigger medium sized mid majors. I love it for the A ten. EBC says the A ten. You'll find out what that format is, what he's talking about. Again, quick breather. You guys have mad about hoops. I think in past episodes, we've talked about this quite a bit. You know, I pointed to the Southern Conference this year. They have three legitimate teams with 25-plus wins that would have an argument to play in this year's NCAA tournament, but obviously that's most likely not going to happen. The auto bid will for sure play. And maybe this format doesn't actually put 
another team or two in the field no, for these conferences. but I, I think it would help. It's not really the one and only point. Sure, absolutely. But it helps give teams that are in these smaller conferences more chances at quality wins, quad one wins. Exactly. Especially in the Southern so what's Conference. Go, so what's going on? Lay it out. Yeah. And is, is Conference USA not the only one doing this right now? Because so, I remember reading something a few years ago and – then I kind of, this got lost in the fold for me, but I'm glad to see that this is actually a real thing that's going on right now. Yeah, so Conference USA is actually the only conference using this format right now, but it's a league of about, I think, 14 teams. They play a, a conference slate of about 13, 14 games, and then they reseed the conference into three different brackets. So they take the top five into one. I think it's the top, the next four into bracket two, and then the next four into bracket three. So five, yeah. It does have fourteen teams. They range. My math from, is off, but they, no, but yeah, they range from North Texas. It would be five, five, and four, right? right? North Texas, that's the the best team in the conference right now, at thirteen and three. It's only a nineteen and ten team overall, so you're not hearing anything about North Texas being in the field, right? Middle Tennessee is look what happened to the mighty Blue Raiders. They're 7-21 and this year, 3-12 and in the league. But the teams that range from there, and then you got Old Dominion and UTEP and Rice and Marshall, FAU, UAB, Charlotte, La Tech, Western Kentucky, all those types. Right, so you have the base 14 games in the conference. They play all of those, and then they get into these brackets, and then you play each of the four teams in that bracket you're with to finish out your 18-game slate, which is typical outside of the Big Ten. The big thing about that is, is that you're playing the other teams that are in your sector because in you're, your pod, you're, you're so pod to speak. Because yeah. you know, if you're in the upper echelon, one of those top five teams, you're playing the other best teams in your conference. And the idea behind that is, you're getting enough, or you're getting more chances at quality wins that would help you if you don't win your the conference tournament. You have these wins to present to the committee, saying, "Hey, we had more opportunities. This is what we did," and it gives you more of a chance because there was an instance a couple years ago where Middle Tennessee State was coming off of the season prior where they upset in Michigan State in the 215 matchup. And they go, I believe it was 24-6, and Giddy Potts, the name you brought up at the beginning of the podcast, was a very good player on that team. But they went to their conference tournament, lost the first game, did not get the auto-qualifying bid, and in turn didn't have a good enough resume in the eyes of the committee. They didn't get in that large spot. So it was a really big dilemma that sure, I think sure. a lot of these smaller conferences face. Well, they were trying to help them out. But you know what? Back back to what I originally said. Just because, and you t- you sent me an article. You sent me a link to an interesting article from the San Antonio Express News. You guys can check it out from Greg Luca. And it, it started. I didn't read the entire thing yet, but it started off with an interesting comment from Steve Hansen, UTSA's head coach. And right off the bat, you get the tone of where it's going about how they're questioning has the has the format shift done more harm than good. I really don't know if it can do any harm. Like, I seriously, I, I don't understand what harms it would do. Maybe it doesn't get those teams in, but you also haven't, ha- since you've been doing this, you have not had a team that ha- was having a great regular season, a great enough regular season to exist in Conference USA. Like, you've, you've got to be something maybe even a little better than what that Middle Tennessee regular season record was. If you're say 27 and 3, right? But you didn't really have a non-conference schedule like Dayton played where you get to play three or four quadrant 1 opportunities. You just beat a bunch of quadrant 3 and 4 teams, but you won them. And maybe 
maybe you might have enough. Maybe. Outside chance, if you lose your championship game in the tourney, you might get in. We haven't really seen that team happen yet, but I, I still like that. I still think their minds are in the right place where they are going to guarantee the top four or five teams in the league games against more games against the top four or five teams in the league in the last week of the season. Yeah, no, I completely agree I like with it. that. Because there's the alternatives. You're saying you're playing the, let's say you have a couple games against the pod three teams. What is that going to do for you? Other than just stack some wins that are like quad three, quad four. It won't do anything. It doesn't do anything for an at-large bid. So, But if you have maybe two teams that are really, really good, that are both up at around the 25 win mark, maybe one of them gets into the polls. You know, maybe one of the two teams played some big boys in the non-conference, and then you get a matchup with that team. Just say it's Middle Tennessee and, and Louisiana Tech, just for example. Uh, who's normally traditionally better in that conference? UAB? Let's go UAB in Middle Tennessee. Maybe UAB had games against Kansas and Kentucky in the non-conference. They met them up for some reason, and they actually got Kentucky. You know, then they ride that, and they have a hot season. They're 25 wins. They're ranked number 22 or something. Then Middle Tennessee has a chance to get a win over a top 25 team and take that into their conference tournament and then have a chance to maybe face them again in the conference tourney. So they get two other opportunities potentially against a ranked team to do something for the selection committee. And and Hanson said, I believe most of the coaches are going to go to the meetings in May and want to try something different. I anticipate a different idea coming out of our league meetings this year. So I just don't know. Maybe they can come up with something better. I haven't heard the idea yet, but I'd I'd rather do this for the mid-major conferences and the very low-level conferences as opposed to just – Old regular play. Well, well, I agree with that because I don't know what else you can do because you're affecting all you can really do is affect your conference slate unless if you're adding, I guess take away right. those conference you're, games. You're and only play more playing each other, right? Yeah, I don't really know what else you can do because I'm looking at the Southern Conference this year and I think this would be huge for that conference with three teams with 25 plus wins for this system to be in place because it could help. You know, unfortunately, it would probably have to eat away one of those three teams in the mix for an at-large spot, but it really elevates the resume of the other two teams. Real quick, before, uh, before, and we we like this. We're all for this. Hanson thinks there could be a better idea, but for now, I think, even if it doesn't produce more teams in the tourney, I think it's a a cool thing to to see. You even see Adam Silver trying to do things with this to make it more exciting for their fans with sort of like adopting some soccer styles where you've got a Champions League tournament going on within like regular season play, you know, like an NBA in-season tournament just to sort of spice things up when it's the first quarter of the season. But do more of this. What what do you know about the bracket buster games? Because I think that's something that's key. I've always loved that. They must have deals with, with different conference commissioners where if they've got a hot team that's ranked, that they're going to keep an open date in their regular season schedule. Where they can, because you've seen that, you know, where they you would see a Missouri Valley ranked team playing a possible Conference USA ranked team, and it happens right around now. You'd have the ESPN Bracket Busters games. Did I speak in Greek to you? No, do you know what I'm I, talking about? I do remember what you're saying, but I don't. There's no rhyme. As a basketball I really fan, I don't do have that. any rhyme or reason to when those pop up, but I can certainly see those in the past, like when they've happened, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is awesome. This is what you want, Creighton. In the Missouri Valley, you know, taking on, oh, I was going to say Creighton and Wichita State. They both would have been in the Missouri Valley back then. Right. But you know you know what I'm saying. St. Mary's against Wichita State. You know what I mean? Something that would happen like a week and a half before the conference tournaments begin. 
I do remember that system. I don't know how they did it because I wasn't really in tune to mm-hmm. it. I just yeah. kind of watched the game. It's a lot of work. You got to really work on scheduling but for I, something like that. I kind of like that. I wonder why we don't have that now. They need more of that. Yeah. Because that, that's... You kidding me? This, like bubble a, teams would probably sit back and say, "Well, that's not fair." I you hate, know, I hate to go back to it, but the Southern Conference could use that big for UNCG, Furman, and East Tennessee sure, State. Sure, those games would be enormous for them. Man, all right, hey, before we uh, leave you off with, with this episode, there is a potential feud going on with a couple of Power Five head coaches, and we're actually all about this one. All about it. Quick breather again. You guys are listening to Mad About Hoops. So most likely if you're listening to this podcast, you really like the content we give. I would hope so. The angles that we give. <laughs> it would make sense, right? You're not listening into the 29th minute if you think it sucks. And if you feel like that, then please give us a review. Whatever platform you're on. I know at least I use the Apple product service, and you can easily do it underneath the episode tab. Yep. I use Stitcher. I'm sure Good there's a there. way. I'm not familiar yep. with it, but I'm sure there's a way you can do it on there. Please give us a rate, review. I read them all personally, and I enjoy it. How we doing on the iTunes? They're they're very thankful for how in-depth we're going. I love Not it. just in Ohio State, but across the country. Well, that's what we're trying to do. And if you didn't know, we are, we're actually local sports radio guys. If you're listening from another part of the country, we're very, very glad that you've given us a listen. We're, uh, we're employees at 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. Love it here. And I know we're in a football spot, so this is our release to do a lot more about the sport that we're we're a couple of we're just a couple of out of place dudes in that sense where we are just diehard college basketball fans. But it, it's actually okay because we have a lot of friends here that are connected to the Ohio State basketball program, and we all just kind of we all kind of like it because we're sort of. We're sort of behind the curtain here, and then we get to come out and play when it's the month of March, and then everybody starts to pay attention to us, and we're kind of the guys that everybody comes to. Like, what about this team? What about that team? And we're happy to share all of our College Hoops thoughts with everyone around here. Yeah, it's funny. It's notably known as a, a football state, obviously, of the Pro Football Hall of Fame here, but this is a year where we could have six teams in the state make the NCAA tournament with Ohio State, Dayton, Xavier, Cincinnati, then you got Wright State, mm-hmm. and then a Mac School, maybe a Bowling Green Akron. or Kent State, Akron. or Akron. Yeah, Zips, put them down. Twenty-one and seven, big uh, game against Buffalo Saturday. I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, because we do work at a radio station, it means I got to wrap this podcast up in about three minutes because there's a live update. It's not live to you right now, but I'll be doing a live update at four o'clock on the fan, and I I don't even know what what I'm going to be talking about in the script. The Columbus Blue Jackets are playing the Minnesota Wild, Dayton Flyers hoops, yada, yada, yada. Buckeyes playing on Sunday against that team up north trying to commit uh, or trying to bring home the season sweep. But Colin, Chris Holtman, Ohio State's coach, and Mark Turgeon. Is Mark Turgeon of Maryland trying to become the biggest ass in college hoops for any particular reason? Well, I think the first step is he's got to do it in his own conference because Fran McCaffrey, I thought, had the title at first. Shoot, I'm not thinking about Fran here these last couple weeks. But he's working hard for it, I'll tell you that. It doesn't really take much to steal that mantle. I mean, you just go about a week or two and make like two, three, four straight comments, just snide remarks about everything. So it started with calling Caleb Wesson the bully, right? This guy was complaining and whining because – 
our guy, Caleb Wesson, right, who hasn't really ever finished a two-point basket through contact in his career. And everyone laughed out loud here as a Buckeye fan when he tabbed him a bully. All the all the comments in my feed were, ha, huh, I wish, I wish he were a bully. But because of Jalen Smith, who's a walking double-double, got pushed around a bit, he went over and over and called him a bully. Then he went and did that in his Minnesota pregame press conference. And then he went and did it on a podcast with Seth Greenberg and... Who does it with him? Dan Dockich. Dan Dockich. He wouldn't let it go. So Chris Holtman, in so many words, 15 seconds worth, came out and did this. I have, I have a ton of respect for Mark and, and the Maryland uh, team and the Maryland program, but I just continue to take issue with the way he characterized Caleb's play. I think it's inappropriate. I've never seen this much conversation after a loss. And he went on in that press conference for a couple minutes defending Caleb because in his point, enough was enough. Like, why are you still talking about this, dude? Move on with your life. And it went on when Turgeon stole that game this week against Minnesota. That's right. And what he said after that. Yeah, so he basically complained or he took his post-game quick interview. He took it as a chance to say, you know, so glad I can have a 9 p.m. game because I won't make it to my driveway until 4.30 a.m. He was really angry. Oh, he was He was legitimately serious. angry. He didn't apologize He just won a game on the yeah. road. You st- It was a great win. You came, but you shouldn't have won that game. That's all he was focused on. And you're in the Big Ten. You're still ahead for the Big Ten championship. You should be elated. Oh, get out of the barn alive. Let's go back home. Let's get ready for a home game. He actually gets more time of prep because they're playing, I think, 8 p.m. on Saturday. That's right. Then Chris Holman and the Buckeyes technically do because they play Sunday at 4. They get four extra hours to get ready for their tip-off. And what did Chris Holman say last night? You know, I'm just so glad we had a 9 p.m. tip-off tonight. You know, we got to get to the court early and, you know, got to get into our rhythm, but I'm just so happy we had a 9 p.m. tip. We got to, we had so much, there's so much time for activities before the tip-off. Boy, exactly. those 9 o'clock tips, you know, you get get to wait around all day, a lot of time to get your mind right, which no one would ever say. And he's just taking the taking the dig back, but he's, he's so I never better. expected it, but I loved it. He's like John Rothstein says, he's meticulous. Yes. He's just more meticulous than a forensics officer. He's more dialed in than a CPA on April 14th. <laughs> Guy knows what he's doing. Oh, he does. <laughs> All right, man. You excited for March? Can't wait, man. Like I said, tournament start as of, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. Cannot wait. Like he said, give us a rating. Give us a review. We are heading into our big month. I hope a lot of you guys have been with us for the ride up until now. But if not, that's cool. We do, uh, we do overtime. I envision a lot more podcasts coming up. In this month, we're going we to have things As that we, we should. just want to say almost on a daily basis coming up soon, uh, especially when it comes to that first four. And then we get ready for Thursday and Friday. We have to have one almost daily. It we'll feels just like. we'll just open the microphones. Let's we'll do just, it. We'll come down. We'll be yelling about stuff. We'll just come down here and open up the microphones. I'm do down it that for way. it. All right, everybody. This was Mad About Hoops. We'll see you next time.